We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on tonight. Hope everybody's doing well. <clears throat> Hope everybody had a good Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. Um, and, of course, thank you for always listening. But uh, today I'm continuing my uh bowl breakdowns that I've been doing. I've been breaking down every single bowl game. Um, tonight I'm focusing on the Quick Lane Bowl coming up uh, from Detroit, um, formerly the Little Caesars Pizza Bowl, um, and then before that, um, the Motor City Bowl even. So growing up, this was one of my favorite bowls because it was the bowl game in my backyard. I've been to the Motor City Bowl a couple times, so I'm excited for this one, especially because I have uh, a I have somebody. I have some uh, people to cheer for in this game, so uh, just interested by this. Um, but as always, I'll break down a little bit on each bowl game. Uh, the Quick Lane Bowl was uh, started in 2014. Obviously, it's playing Detroit. It's at Ford Field. It's going to be 72 degrees inside the stadium, so that's nice because you definitely don't want to be playing a game outside in Detroit right now. <laughs> Uh, last year's game saw Western Michigan defeat Nevada 52-24. to Nevada had a bunch of players opt out. And then uh, after the coaching change, then Western Michigan was clicking on all cylinders. Uh, 2019 saw Pittsburgh beat Eastern Michigan by four. Um, then the first quick lane bowl in 2014 before the, with the name changes, but the first quick lane bowl itself. Rutgers beat North Carolina 40-21. to So, looking at some of the MVPs from uh, 2014 and on for the Quick Lane Bowl. Um, you got uh, 2017 saw Daniel Jones from Duke uh, win. MVP 2018, Mo Ibrahim, the running back from uh, Minnesota, won. 2019 saw uh, Pittsburgh quarterback Kenny Pickett win. And then last year in 2021 uh sean tyler from western michigan they're running back one now he's going to uh, oklahoma state but nonetheless interesting in 2016 the boston college defensive line won the mvp so just a just a little interesting side note there so again intrigued by this game though because well, for one i grew up i've been to the game a couple times grew up in the it was in my backyard basically but this game has two teams that, uh, I mean, New Mexico State, the Aggies, started the season 0-4. Um, so for them to get to 6-6 six and six here, um, they did petition the NCAA to allow them in um, as they were 5-6. and six, um, Got a sixth game against FCS Val, Valparaiso, but they two, played two FCS teams. One of their games was canceled, unfortunately, due to a death um in the San Jose State football team. So it, it was a job well done by the NCAA to allow them to have the opportunity to play. But like I said, starting the season 0-4 and finishing the season 6-2 and for New Mexico State is a heck of an accomplishment. 
And then Bowling Green on the other side, this is their first bowl appearance since 2015. So this will be a lot of fun for both sides. And New Mexico State, this is only their fifth ever bowl game. So um, just a big deal for both sides here. But first going down, uh, New Mexico State breaking them down a little bit. They opened up the year in week zero against Nevada, losing 23-12. to Lost at Minnesota, 38 to nothing. Minnesota was was nice in that game. They could have really put it on him. Um, lost at UTEP, uh, 20 to 13. Lost at Wisconsin, 66 to seven. Then that was the own four start, and then uh, things turned around. Beat Hawaii, 45 to 26. Lost to FIU, 21 to seven. Beat New Mexico, 21 to nine. Won at UMass, 23 to 13. Beat Lamar, 51 to 14. Lost to Missouri, lost at Missouri, 45 to 14. Won at Liberty, huge, huge win, 49 to 14. And then beat Valpo um, in a game that was scheduled December 3rd, beat them 65 to 3. So winning five out of seven or or six out of eight down the stretch was just uh, absolutely an amazing accomplishment by this football team. Looking at their points per game, they average twenty, just oh, about twenty six points per game. They give up uh, twenty four points per game, one hundred sixty nine yards passing per game, and one hundred fifty six yards rushing per game. And then they have a pretty stout defense. Only give up one hundred eighty four passing yards per game and one hundred fifty six rushing yards per game. So New Mexico State doesn't move the ball a ton offensively. Now, granted, over the down the stretch to end the season, they did a much better job doing this. The offense is really starting to click. Um, the The numbers are staggered severely from some of their losses, especially at the beginning of the year. Um, Wisconsin, Minnesota, um, the FIU game, the offenses, or the offense, I should say, was just not clicking at all. But down the stretch, a uh, much better job. Um, and the offense is, like I said, quick clicking on all cylinders heading into this game. Then looking at Bowling Green, the Falcons, um, they lost at UCLA 45-17, to turned around, uh, lost at home to FCS Eastern Kentucky 59-57 to in seven overtimes. So the season could have really went south after that game, but they turned around the next week defeated Marshall in overtime 34 to 31 and this was when Marshall was coming off their victory over Notre Dame. Bowling Green has a history of beating Marshall, so a huge win for them there. Lost at Mississippi State 45 to 14. Won at Akron 31-28, lost to Buffalo 38 to 7, beat Miami Ohio 17-13. Won at Central Michigan 34 to 18, beat Western Michigan 13 to 9, lost to Kent State 40 to 6. One at Toledo in the Battle of I-75, 42-35. Huge, huge win for them to get to bowl eligibility there. And then lost at Ohio, 38-14. Like I said before, this is their first bowl since 2015. And for the Falcons to go 5-3 and three in the MAC, uh, just a tremendous job by them. They were in the MAC East race until the very end. So hats off to them. <clears throat> they uh, average 24 points per game. They give up 33. Now, in, in some of their losses, they've were defeated handily, so that's why their numbers are a little different. Um, Average about 237 passing yards per game, 101 rushing yards per game. Give up 258 yards passing per game and 163 yards rushing per game. So uh, 
obviously when the Falcons have the ball, they're a pass-heavy offense. They don't run the ball tremendously well, only 101 yards per game. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how this goes because New Mexico State has a good rush defense. They've done really, really well on, on in pass defense. So I'm really in intrigued to see how that one goes in that department. But going back to New Mexico State, the Aggies have an all-time bowl record of three wins, zero losses, and one tie. So like I said, this is only the fifth bowl game in program history, first since 2017. But they've never lost a bowl game, so this is uh this will be very interesting to to just to see if they can keep that streak going. Um, looking at some of their key guys again, they're independent, so they don't have any all conference players. Uh, quarterback Diego Padilla, Pavia, uh, one thousand two hundred eighty three yards passing, eleven touchdowns, uh, good with his legs, four hundred forty three yards rushing and six touchdowns. Um, second on the team in rushing, actually. Um, he coming into this year, he's a JUCO transfer, and he won the uh, Junior College National Championship at New Mexico Military Institute uh, before he transferred to New Mexico State. Uh, running back Star Thomas, 477 yards rushing and five touchdowns. And then Jam running back Jamari Jones had six rushing touchdowns himself. Um, wide receiver Justice Powers, 398 yards receiving a touchdown, but. A nearly 21-yard average, so props to him. Uh, wide receiver Cordell David, 289 yards uh, receiving and four touchdowns uh, over 15-yard average. Uh, some good linebackers. Linebacker uh, Chris Ojo, 101 tackles and five sacks. And then linebacker Trevor Brohard at 66 tackles. Then defensive lineman Lazarus Williams, <clears throat> 39 tackles, seven and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. On the season and some key stats for the Aggies they're fourth nationally and fourth down converting it offensively at 77 point or 73.3 percent 11 for 15 on the season 14th and block punts they've blocked two um, they're 40th and net punting at just under 40 yards per punt um, here here's uh, an intriguing stat they're 15th and pass defense at just under 184 yards per game so uh, stout pass defense. They're eighth in yards per completion when they do throw the ball. Um, they gain a good amount of yards from it when they do complete it, uh, over 14 yards per completion. And then they're 32nd nationally in total defense at just under 340 yards per game. So hats off to the Aggies on having a stout defense. Um, just a really, really good good group and I mean I know some people are going to say well look at their wins but still I mean, they've put up really good numbers um, now looking at Bowling Green they're 5-8 and eight in the program history for bowl games looking at some of their all conference MAC players first team all MAC for defensive lineman Carl Brooks uh, second team all MAC for tight end Christian Sims wide receiver Odea Hilarie and uh, Hilaire sorry and then kick returner Terrence Keith. Um, some of their key guys, quarterback Mac McDonald, 2,639 yards passing, 22 touchdowns, only eight interceptions, and he's thrown over 350 passes on the year. Uh, running back uh, Jason Patterson, 560 yards rushing, one touchdown. Wide receiver Odea Hilaire, 704 yards and six touchdowns. He, is a F he was an FCS transfer from Alabama A&M coming into the year. 
definitely proved himself at the FBS level in the MAC. Had a fantastic season. Uh, wide receiver Tyron Broden, 473 yards receiving in one touchdown, averages almost 16 yards per catch. He is coming home to Detroit for this bowl game, so it'll be a homecoming for him. Um, tight end Christian Sims, 41 catches, 402 yards and two touchdowns. And then uh, running back uh, Teron Keith, interesting. Uh, as I said, he was a second-team all-conference player as a kick returner. But as a, as a running back, he had four receiving touchdowns, 37 catches for 279 yards. He had more receiving yards than rushing yards. So that's one to look out for when uh, him catching the football because four rece- receiving touchdowns be interesting to see how that goes. Um, but their top guy, defensive lineman Carl Brooks, um, fantastic senior season, fantastic career, uh, 49 tackles, 10 sacks, two forced fumbles. He led the nation this year with 47 quarterback hurries, second in pressures with uh, 63, ninth in uh, TFLs with 18, and he's sixth in MAC history with 27 and a half career sacks. So uh, he can add to that in this game. Um, just a fantastic uh, career. He's definitely going to be playing on Sundays. Uh, just a heck of a heck of a player on the defensive line. And some key stats uh, for the Falcons. They're ninth in blocked kicks with four. Um, fourth in the nation with blocked punts at four. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see as each team is in the top 15 and blocked punts. So uh, special teams could play a uh, major factor in this game, especially uh, Bowling Green is 11th nationally in punt return yardage at over 14 yards per return. So special teams is going to play a big role in this game it'll be interesting to see how that side goes um as normally it's not as huge of a factor i mean it's a very obviously a very important part of the game because a lot of games are won and lost with special teams um but this game in particular could really see that um the falcons are seventh nationally in fumble recoveries at 13 um, they're ninth in sacks per game at 3.08 per game uh 37 total on the season 26th in TFLs, 81 total on the season, and just under 7 per game. Their 21st nationally in turnovers gained at 22. <clears throat> However, the Falcons did turn the ball over a good amount, as did New Mexico State, especially at the beginning of their season. Um, but both of these teams have a tendency to turn it over a bit. Looking at the spread heading into this game, uh, Bowling Green is a 3.5-point favorite. The over-under is at 48.5. I don't know if this game is going to get to that mark uh, just because there's two uh, uh, there's a decent obviously a decent pass rush coming from Bowling Green side uh, New Mexico State has a pretty pretty solid defense um, from the numbers perspective uh, they've given up some yardage here or there but they bend but don't break really um, especially recently and their offense is clicking so it, it wouldn't surprise me if New Mexico State found a way to win this game. Uh, one guy I'm going to tell you guys to watch, number 87 from New Mexico State, J.J. Jones, uh, somebody I've uh, grown to know a little bit by having him on my show uh, in the past, uh, become a fan of his, hope he does really well. Um, he play, He's a tight end for New Mexico State. He's had a really, really good career coming from Dartmouth to New Mexico State, and he's going to have an opportunity at a pro career. So. Pulling for JJ's number 87 uh, for New Mexico State. Um, and then I've gone close to some New Mexico State fans as well, or some Bowling Green fans as well, I should say. 
So I, I'm I'm excited for this game. I unfortunately won't be able to see it because I'll be at work, but nonetheless, uh, still intrigued to see this matchup of uh, two teams when the year started that probably weren't predicted to to do as much as they have. I mean, I th I think Bowling Green going six and six and five and three in the MAC isn't terribly surprising. But I will say, I, I think for New Mexico State to go six and six, I think that shocked a lot of people. I didn't think they would be six and six, but I thought that they would be a much better football team because of uh, hiring head coach Jerry Kill. He's just an unbelievable coach, and he's done wonders for this program, and I know he will continue to do so. But I hope you guys enjoyed this bowl breakdown. Um, as always, I'm going to continue to keep doing it throughout the bowl season, so be on the lookout for those. Uh, feel free to follow me personally at Coach underscore B Will. As always, please follow the podcast Twitter account at TNT College Foot One. Um, like, subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast. Ad much appreciated. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. Merry Christmas. God bless. <laughs>